It's always a joy with our children, and we're thankful for all of our volunteers who take a turn in doing Children's Church. Well, it's so good to see each of you. I see some of you had a hard week with 4-H and the fair and getting pigs and cows and goats and every other living creature in place, uh, but you survived it. And now your most favorite week of all is upon us, and that is Swamp Cabbage Week. Let me ask you this, how many of you are going out of town this weekend? That's what we used to do in New Orleans. When everybody would come to the Mardi Gras parade, we would all head out of town. Uh, That's kind of one of those things. But I just want to remind you, we will be in business next Sunday. We'll have all of our services. We'll have Sunday school. Uh, The parking lot will be roped off, but that doesn't mean you have to pay on Sunday. We have to rope it off because you wouldn't be able to get in there. do rope it off just when you pull up. Just say, I'm going to church. If the person that is there collecting money, uh, just say, hey, I'm going to church. And you'll be able to go right on in and find your place there. Uh, but uh, the rule for next Saturday, patience. Yeah, that's important. Patience. Come early. Park your car. And walk on. Okay? All right, that, that's just about all that you can do. Don't try to drive around town next Saturday. It's almost impossible. Park your car, walk a lot. The church bathrooms will be open. That's the other hint, okay? All right, those are the important things, okay? All right, this morning, I want you to take your Bible and turn to the book of Mark, chapter 3, Mark chapter 3, and I want us to read these verses. I have one word in there that I have been practicing on, and I probably won't get it when I get there, Stephen, but I'm going to try. Okay, Mark chapter 3, beginning with verse 1, as you see on the screen, it says, Jesus entered the synagogue again, and a man was there who had a shriveled hand. In order to accuse him, they were watching him closely to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath. He told the man with the shriveled hand, stand before us. Then he said to them, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they were silent. After looking around at them with anger, he was grieved at the hardness of their hearts and told the man, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out, and his hand was restored. Immediately, the Pharisees went out and started plotting with the Herodians against him how they might kill him. Jesus departed with his disciples to the sea, and a large crowd followed from Galilee, and a large crowd followed from Judea. Jerusalem, and there's my word. Anybody want to help me out? Yeah, that's it. All right, beyond the Jordan, around Tyre and Sidon, the, the large crowd came to him because they heard about everything he was doing. Then he told his disciples to have a small boat ready for him so that the crowd wouldn't crush him. Since he had healed many, all, all who had diseases were pressing towards him to touch him. 
whenever the unclean spirits saw him, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. And he would strongly warn them not to make him known. This morning in this passage of Scripture, there's some exciting things that have taken place here. One thing, it always should be amazing to us, should always bring us to a point, is that Jesus heals. Amen? Jesus heals. Now, I know a lot of times we think of the physical healings that Jesus had done, and he did many. But I believe today that Jesus still heals, and it might not be physically, but he heals us maybe mentally, maybe emotionally, maybe all these things that Jesus is still in the healing business. This morning, as we think of the story, we have a man that had, some would say, a shriveled hand. There's others that say, well, he wasn't deformed that much. But here was a man that had a shriveled hand. In this story, we find over and over how the Pharisees, well, they were having a problem. But they always have a problem. The Pharisees mainly were having a problem with Jesus because he wouldn't come in line to what they believed. But you see, we need to be reminded it's not about us. It's not about the Pharisees. It's about who? It's about God and his son, Jesus Christ. It's about Jesus And sometimes we get all in a a tizzy or a hustle or whatever because it's not going our way. But what we need to realize, it needs to go Jesus' way. Now, in this reading, there's two verses right before chapter 3. Now, in my Bible, it it sets it up this way. you got to remember It was man, scribes, who put in the chapter numbers, put in the verse numbers. They did that to help us read it to where we could call reference to. But in my Bible, it has chapter 2 going right into chapter 3. There's not even a space there. Okay, so look at verses 27 because I believe really verses 27 and 28 go along with the story that we're reading about this morning. So there in verse 27, it says, Then he told them, The Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. So then, the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Now, To keep this in mind, the Pharisees were still trying to change Jesus and said, look, you can't do these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus looked at humanity, and he did not allow earthly rules to dictate to him what needed to be done. But one of the most remarkable things in this passage of Scripture is that Jesus is showing them that human need is something that needs to be taken care of. Jesus acted upon a need of an individual. And you say, Brother Frank, why is that so important? Well, that's important 
Because that's what I believe Jesus is doing today. He sees the lostness of man, and that's why he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. He saw the lostness. He saw how desperate we were. He saw we had more than a withered hand. We had a life that was just being drained because of sin, and he sent a Savior to bring us life again. You see, this morning, here we find that Jesus said, look, Sometimes you get wrapped up so much in your rules that you forget about that a heart, a human heart, is hurting. And so we find here that Jesus ministers to this man. But as you look at the passage of Scripture, it says Jesus entered the synagogue again. Now, see, this wasn't the first time Jesus had come to the synagogue. He had been there. And they knew, even the religious leaders knew, that Jesus was not going to let certain things get in his way. But when Jesus got there, he saw, as the scripture says, he was there and a man was there who had a shriveled hand. Now, that is interesting. Mark has a way of telling a story. And in Mark's gospel, he tells this story Here was the man with a withered hand in church. Now, you'd say, well, Brother Frank, what's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. But have you ever heard the phrase, hopefully no one has said this to you, what are you doing here? I I can't believe you came to church today. You see... There's something about human beings that sometimes we forget about individuals. Sometimes we think the church is for all those that are well. But the church is for the sick. And, but sometimes if they come in and they're too sick, we kind of go, well, what's wrong? Why are you here? Well, praise God, they are here. And so we need to realize that Jesus is in the healing business. And when someone is sick and they come to church, we shouldn't ostracize them. We shouldn't make them feel uncomfortable. We we shouldn't make them second guess why they're here. We should say, man, I am so glad to see you. Won't you come sit with me? Jesus heals. But another reason I believe that this man was in church that day. It wasn't so that he could get healed, per se, but that the religious leaders invited him because they wanted to put Jesus on the spot. Now, you think about this. Religious leaders invited the paralyzed man. with the, They had the hand, shriveled hand. Not to help him. Not to encourage him. Not to to bring a healing upon him. They invited him so he could be part of the plot to trick Jesus. Now, is that someone you want to be your best friend? Do you want religious leaders that they don't really care about you? They're not concerned about you? They just want you here so they have a means to the end to get to what they wanted. Sometimes we wonder 
why some people we invite to come to church don't come with us. Because they wonder deep down, why are they being invited? We need to see that people need to realize that we have an honest openness and we bring them because we, not that we're better, but that we want them to experience the healing of Jesus Christ. And they need to see that we're genuine and they need to see that we're real in that. And so here we find that the man with a shriveled hand was there. Now another interesting thing Jesus hears there in verse 2, in order to accuse him, they were watching Jesus, the Pharisees were, to see whether he would heal him on the Sabbath. You see, that's why they invited this man to be there. But look at verse 3. He told the man with a shriveled hand, stand before us. Now Jesus told the man, stand before us. Stand before us. You know, when I read that, and I've read it over and over. One of the things, when the man stood there, and he stretched out his arms, it was obvious he had a need. Obvious he had a need. You know, one of the first things you find in recovery of an addict is that they have to admit they have a need. This man was admitting that he had a need. And how many people in that synagogue was really concerned about his need? Unfortunately, only Jesus Christ was the only one concerned about his need. You see, today we need to be concerned about people's needs. And when people are willing to expose themselves and put themselves on the line and say, I have a need It should bring us to prayer. It should bring us to where our hearts are pricked that the Lord himself will be able to minister. And if the Lord chooses to use us, that he would do that to reach that person. But not only would that man was admitting his need, but also Jesus knew, well, Jesus knew what he was going to do. He knew he was going to heal this man. But he also knew that that it would authenticate Jesus' message. And he knew what that would do to the Pharisees. Jesus also wanted to give everyone the chance to see that human needs take precedence over religious laws. What laws were they? Well, it was Mosaic law, you might say. Law from the Old Testament. But Jesus had changed all that. Today, a lot of times, we allow laws to stand in the way of allowing Jesus in his healing power. Sometimes we'll sing, Jesus saves. But if certain people come in church and they have certain discretions, we almost tell them to leave instead of sitting down and sharing. Jesus saves. You see, no one that comes into this building is perfect. No one that comes here. I always use the phrase, we all have a past, don't we? Every one of us has a past. But our Lord 
is willing to accept that past and to begin a mighty work in us. But sometimes human laws stand in the way and we say, oh, no, you haven't been here three Sundays in a row. We can't do that. Does that sound Baptist? We let certain little rituals, certain little things, I keep hearing, make the main thing the main thing. I think at times we are so confused. Does anybody know what the main thing is? Hopefully we do. The main thing is right here. Amen? This is the main thing. But we put a lot of other things before this. Human needs take precedent. And also, Jesus was trying to show what it means To look at someone through the eyes of compassion. Be compassionate. Looking through those eyes. Now, Jesus was trying to get them to see this, but we find according to Scripture, when Jesus, he he basically asked these religious leaders, he said, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath or to do evil or to save life or to kill? He asked them a question, and what did they do? They said nothing. They said nothing. But at the same time, they expected Jesus to do something. But those religious leaders would do nothing. And then what happened? The Lord says there in verse 5, After looking around at them with anger, he was grieved at the hardness of their hearts, And told the man, stretch out your hand. And so he stretched it out and the man's hand was restored. You see, the Lord saw the hardness of these religious leaders. And the Bible uses some words there, Greek words, that basically means that their hearts had become calcified. Completely hardened. Not able to work and perform functions. Isn't it sad when we get to the point that we are so hardened that we cannot function or have the compassion that we should have? Jesus loves the little children. Amen? Red, yellow, black, and white, they're all precious in His sight. You see, today we need to have that compassion. And so Jesus healed the man. And so two things took place. Jesus healed him. Yes, it was on the Sabbath. Scripture says there in verse 6, Immediately the Pharisees went out and started plotting with the Herodians against him how they may kill him. Now let me tell you, the Pharisees and the Herodians usually didn't work together. The Herodians basically had a reliance with Rome. They worshipped the king. They, they, the Roman king, they, they, that's who they were. The Pharisees were religious people, and these two basically did not mix. But now they did. Now they did. What did Jesus do? Said there in verse 7, Jesus departed with his disciples to the sea, and a large crowd followed from Galilee, and a large crowd followed from Judea, Jerusalem. In all those places, large crowds followed Jesus. 
while the other leaders were trying to decide how to kill him. Now, Jesus was performing miracles. Jesus was healing people. Now, you can imagine. The word got out. The crowds were huge. People were following Jesus. And Jesus had told his disciples, look, go ahead and get us a boat. Because as they press us against the sea, we can get in the boat and go offshore a little bit. And they won't be upon us. You see, Jesus knew that many of them were coming to be healed. Many of them were coming to be healed. Same way we would be today. If we heard that word of healing, you would go. Jesus knew that that these people, many of them were coming hoping to be healed. Others were coming to say, hey, I don't have nothing else to do. The Internet's out at the house, so I'm going to go follow Jesus today. You know, they went. Now, we could say that a lot of them didn't have proper motives. Probably not a lot of them were saying, man, I'm going to go because I want to get saved. No, they had other motives. Some were going to get healed. Some would say, well, I need to, I need to know what they do so I can go back home and get the, 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 the phone lines busy and tell people what I saw. People had all different motives. Don't you think Jesus knows that? He knows that. But at the same time, that did not stop him from preaching the message. I know, again, sometimes people have all kinds of motives. People might come to church. Well, why are you here? I've seen you. Well, of course you have. See, we're, we're saying, I know your motives. Well, we've got to be careful in judging people. We've got to be careful in doing that. Because what we're doing is repelling. We're, we're pushing people back. Jesus knew that there would be a lot of people coming. And he, he was even prepared for it by having this, this boat ready so he could push off a little bit and be able still to preach without the people coming over him. Do you think everybody that went to a Billy Graham crusade went with the right motives? I could tell you story after story of people who brought other people to Billy Graham crusade and they were bringing other people and they didn't even think about getting saved, but the Lord spoke to him that night. You see, people sometimes do come with different motives, but that shouldn't matter. And so we find that Jesus preached to them. But here's an interesting thing in verse 11. Whenever the unclean spirits saw him, saw Jesus, they fell down before him and cried out, You are the Son of God. You see, there were a lot of other people that couldn't come to that that realization. They couldn't come to that, but here the demons did. Those that were possessed, in verse 12 says, And he would strongly warn them not to. To make him know. Now you say, but that, that seems odd. You see, he wanted people to come to this knowledge on their own. And he knew that all this would would make a, a, a frenzy to even come upon Jesus even more. But he was preaching. And he was there to heal people. 
I don't know about you, but in my life, I need the healing power of Jesus Christ. I know in the beginning of service last Wednesday and then even t- today, you recognize the 24 years that I've been here. In those 24 years, and I don't mean this, those 24 years have been great. They, 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 they've been wonderful years. We've had our ups, we've had our downs. Some of you, I've noticed Martha Ray been here longer than me. Miss Linda, we can go down the list, couldn't we? You know, some of them have been here 50 years, where I've only been here 24 years. Yes, yes. A long time. Now, we're human beings, and we, you know, we get caught up sometimes in these habits or these, I'm talking about myself, rituals, you know, that, that you know, this is the way we do it. And I'm learning, even at this age, I'm learning that sometimes we put more emphasis on these, oh, what do you want to call them? How we do things. And we forget what Jesus is doing. We put more emphasis upon certain things and we forget about that Jesus saves. Jesus heals. Jesus, you know, and and put our emphasis upon him. We need to see the importance of, of looking to God's word. There's a blog that I get from other pastors all across our convention. One pastor last night put on there, put on there that he was asking prayer. He said today his church, his church was voting to close the church. They were down to six members. Six members. He was asking for prayer, for wisdom and guidance, and that the Lord would lead as they make this important decision. You know, sometimes we think, boy, we got it bad. Well, that's hard. What to do? You see, let's not forget what Jesus does. Let's not put other things in his way. I think sometimes as man, we put things in his way. And Jesus was trying to remind these religious leaders what is truly important. A so-called rule that was man-made. Or meeting the need of this human being. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your word. I ask, Lord, that you would guide us this morning in all things. And, Lord, that we would look to you, that you are the main thing. Your message is what it's all about. Your word. And, Lord, may we apply that to our lives. Lord, I ask this in your son's name. Amen.